Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. And uh, let me just chime in right there. Pastor Ryan had, had talked earlier about small groups. And, um, you know, we do them. And I'm, we're in a series right now called I Want to Be Better. We are better together. And there's something that really dynamically happens in groups. And I just want to encourage everybody to pray about being a leader. Pray about being in a group. And uh, I promise you it is life-changing, lane-changing. You'll be glad that you did. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's pray this morning. So glad everybody is here. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. God, we thank you that you're faithful and kind and good and that you watch over us. Thank you for getting us through another week. And God, we've had challenges and we've had victories. We've had all of those things. And God, I just thank you that our trust in you is well, well placed. Thank you for our time together this morning. And I'm just asking, Lord, that you'd speak uh, through your holy and written word, through preaching and teaching today, and just by your spirit into every heart and every life, so that when we leave here today, truly we know that we have been impacted, we've been touched, we've been helped today. And I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, you are Jesus Christ, the Son of of the living God. And Lord, we want you to be honored and pleased today. And pray also that these are people, every single one of them would be helped today. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. How about a big welcome for our East Campus and our online campus. Good morning, welcome. It's gonna be a great day. You may be seated. You may be seated. How's everybody? Good, good, good. We are so glad you're here and we're continuing on our series. I want to be better. Come on, go ahead and say it. I want to be better. I think you can do better than that. Do it one more time. There you go. And uh, we're continuing on this, looking at the whole idea of progress, of improvement. Let me just clear this up. And I've spent part of both uh, week one and week two on this. It's not about earning anything. Uh, with God. This is not about performing somehow for God. Uh, God's love for you, your acceptance to God, your salvation, that is a free gift from God. Can the church say amen? Amen. And so that's, you're not trying to earn that. Some people are so grace heavy that uh, they say, well, I don't want to do anything Jesus did at all. Well, he did as far as your salvation, but now we're, we're clearly told, work out your salvation, bring out the results of that. And I believe that we're called to a standard that we're, we're to live. And we look around in the news and people and families and politics, and I'm just really struck with this. We can do better. We can do better. And I believe we must do better. I believe that we're called to, to do better. And that's what we're exploring in this. We can look around and we can see it. We can look within and see that I can do better. And, uh, you know, God will help us in, in, in doing this. Uh, motivation is a big, big thing because if, if you have meaningful motivation, motivation that, that resonates with you, 
That is, that is a big, big issue in any kind of improvement, any kind of effort, is that you have the right motivation. Because the right motivation will help you to sustain those efforts. Uh, right motivation will also help all of us to move from, from this place of, well, I should do better. I could do better. It moves us over into the place where I want to do better. I will do better. So quickly, I want to touch on four motivators that we've talked about already in the last two weeks, and I hope that you'll embrace these motivators. These will, these will help you to bring improvement and better into our lives and through our lives. The first one, of course, is this one, honor. Everybody say honor. And we're talking about honoring God, honoring God. He's our creator. He's our redeemer. He's our heavenly father. In him, we live and move and have our being. He is good. He does good. He works all things together for our good. Y'all with me? And so I think, uh, obviously, I want to do whatever I do then, I want to do in such a way that honors, honors God. The second one, very important as well, is impact. Come on, everybody say impact. This has to do with others. It has to do with people and settings around us that uh, that should motivate you, that uh, I want to do better because that impacts people. I, I think of it this way. Somebody's counting on you. Somebody's counting on you to not just do an okay job, but to really do well. Amen? And then the third one is this, reward. We talked about this last week. There's a built-in sense of reward whenever you improve, whenever you do better. That also is a, a motivator to have that on the inside. And then the last one is this, reflection. And we are actually image bearers of God. We are reflecting God to the world around us. And I think when we do things on, on a good level and we're improving and we're progressing and we're doing it in the right way, that's a good reflection of God into the culture around us. Amen? And so all of these are good. Now, we're going to focus in on honor and impact. Those will tie in today. But this all plays out, this idea of progress and improvement and doing better, it all plays out in a number of areas. And the areas we're going to look at today are right here, your roles and your responsibilities, your roles and your responsibilities. Now, some people want no responsibilities and they would never be at the 830 service. I'm just, I'm just telling you. Okay. But all of us have roles, and, and let me just kind of simplify it this way. That's, that's kind of who you are, and your responsibilities are what you do related to that role. And so, uh, again, look at all of this through the filter of, of I want to honor God, I want to impact others. How does this play out? How can I do better in life? The first place we need to look at here is roles and responsibilities. We have to find and fulfill our roles. We have to find and fill those. Otherwise, there are going to be gaps in life. Uh, it's going to leave things undone. You know, if somebody doesn't show up for their role, so to speak, something's going to be left undone. You know what that does? That puts burdens on other people. Uh, just think about it, um, you know, in a store just a store. Let's just go to a donut shop. I thought for sure I'd get an amen on that. Well, what if the guy here, some of you will remember the commercial from years ago. The, the baker was getting up very early in the morning, said, I've got to go make the donuts. Are you, you remember that? Well, what if he didn't show up? 
What if you've got the cashier and what if you've got this person and that person, but nobody showed up to make the donuts? Are y'all here? This is a crisis. And so, you know, this, this is a big issue here that if, if we don't find and fulfill our roles, it's going to leave things undone. It's going to leave gaps. Uh, it impacts other people. It puts burdens on other people. They're scurrying around back in the kitchen figuring out, now how, how do you do this? You know? And then ultimately, in uh, a more serious tone here, it actually breaks God's creative order. And if you look in life, you look in Scripture, there is a creative order. And as each of us fill our role, things happen in the way that they should. And this would break God's creative order if we're not there. So again, I'll say to you, somebody's counting on you. Somebody's counting on you to fill those roles, to fill those responsibilities. Let's look real quick in Colossians chapter 3. I read this to you in week 1. We're going to read it in the message, which is a paraphrase. And this will make it real, you know, simple for us to understand this. It says, let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Now look at this. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the Master. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the Master no end. Parents, Don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Servants. Now this, let me put it in modern context. This would be employees, okay? Employees, do what you're told by your boss, okay? And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. There's your motivator. There's the honor part. Keep in mind that uh, always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. I actually think good work should be synonymous with being a follower of Jesus. Amen? So let's go back and look at verse 17 here. It says, let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. The New Living Translation for part of this verse says, uh, as a representative of the Lord Jesus. What this is telling us is, is whatever you do, Whatever you do, let all that you do, let everything that you do be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means this, that you're to do it in such a way that brings honor to him. You're to do, if you're doing it in his name as a representative of the Lord Jesus, when we do what we do, when we find and fulfill our roles and our responsibilities, we're to do it in a way that brings him glory. Amen. Now, there is no sacred, secular split. Uh, We saw in this scripture, there are other passages that would bear this out as well. Ultimately, who are we serving? 
Let's try it again. Ultimately, who are we serving? You're serving God. So you uh, might be going to a job and say, well, that's my supervisor. That's my boss. But ultimately, you're serving God. And when you serve God, when you're aware of that, God takes care of all the details. If you're not being handled right, not, you know, uh, being overlooked for something, whatever it would be, just remind yourself, ultimately, I work for God. Now, I tell you this whenever we hit this verse, don't tell your boss that. Okay, don't just walk up to him. You know, I really don't work for you. Because you know what? Then you really won't work for them. So keep that squared away. But when I understand I'm doing this as unto the Lord, whatever your job would be, I'm doing this as, as unto the Lord. I want to do this in a way that pleases him. And that's everything. That's not just sacred things. That's not just spiritual things. That's everything. If you're pushing a broom at work, do it as unto the Lord. Can I get an amen out of the church for that? So the context of this passage is roles and relationship, uh, uh, responsibilities. Next week, we'll actually talk about uh, relationships, how it bears out with that. Um, let me take a moment and tell you my roles so that you can identify your roles. This is important to do. I've done this numerous times over the years. I do this regularly with myself to remind myself this is good for you so that you can see what are my roles because then your roles will help you understand your, your responsibilities. First of all, I am a child of God. We just sang about that this morning. That is our highest privilege that you and I are children of God. Next, I'm a husband. I'm a husband to Alicia. I'm a father and father-in-law to Lee, Katie, Elise, Chris, Joshua, Greta, John, Gabriel. So I'm a father and I'm a father-in-law. And I'm a peepaw <laughs> to Gavin and Cora and Milo. I'm a dog owner to Bruno. You say, that doesn't matter. It absolutely does. How you, how you treat your, your pets. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a boss. I'm a friend. I'm a brother. There's my sister. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. I'm a professor. I'm a chaplain. I'm a neighbor. I'm a customer. And the list goes on and on. And I am to fulfill each of these roles in a way that honors God. And when I look at the list of my roles, and I hope you think about your roles. You know, you need to list about eight or ten of them. You say, I don't have eight or ten. You need to really look at your life then. Okay, because you, you are a customer, you are a neighbor. You, you know, we have roles that, that we fill. I am to fulfill each of these roles in a way that honors God and impacts others. And this is what I'm struck by. I can do better. I can do better. I need, I need to do better, you know, in some of, these, some of these roles. So you find and fulfill your roles because, and watch this real quick. Uh, your roles reveal your priorities. Your roles, go ahead and read it with me. Your roles reveal your priorities. Uh, let's read it one more time. Central, East, online, everybody. Let's read this together. Your roles reveal your priorities. Now watch this. And your priorities 
make your decisions. Come on, let's read that. Your priorities make your decisions, okay? Now think about this for a moment. We have these roles, and my roles actually then inform and reveal what my priorities should be, and then my priorities are going to make my decisions for me. I cannot tell you how many times over the years uh, I'll have somebody come to me and, hey, I just found out I'm going to be a dad, you know, and it kind of changes their, their line of thinking and, and their priorities because then your priorities are going to make some decisions for you. For example, uh, husbands, if your wife is having surgery, but at the same time there's a train show at the armory. I love trains. Look at me. You better be at the hospital. Are you all with me? Uh, You get a call that grandpa's in the emergency room. But you're in line at Twisty Treat. I'm not giving up my place in line. You know, are you with me? Now let's go serious about this though. Your kids need something for school. They need some shoes. They've outgrown their shoes. But you have hobbies or habits. So we've got to really think about this because I've watched things because people aren't aware or don't pay attention to their roles. And consequently, their priorities are off. Consequently, their decisions are off. And when that happens then that leaves a gap. That puts burdens on other people. That actually disrupts God's creative order that we would fill those roles, fill those responsibilities, and things are going to be better for everybody in that sense. Amen? Amen. Let me share with you this morning just four aspects of our roles. Now, your responsibilities go with your roles. Your role is kind of what you are in, in a setting, and then your responsibilities are what you do in relation to, to that role. So the first one is going to be this, roll call. Now, I realize this is spelt different, but roll call. So what does roll call mean? Do you remember being in school and they would take roll? They would take attendance, and the teacher would say, if you're here, when I call your name, please tell me that you're here, and you, you know, you'd say present or here. Some people were just weird during that time, you know. And, and so you answer your name. And so Timmy, here. Linda, here. You know, whatever your name would be, then you would, you would answer role. What I'm talking about concerning your roles is this. Be present. Be present. Half of fulfilling our role is just showing up, y'all. Church, y'all with me today? East, you're with me today. All right. Half, half of it is just showing up. You know, we talk about it in ministry, what is actually called the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. You know, sometimes as I would fulfill a role as a pastor or a friend or a chaplain, and there's a situation, a crisis, uh, I cannot tell you how many times, and, and seriously, after 30-something years of ministry, you're on your way to an emergency or crisis sometimes, and you're stumped. You're just like, I, I, I won't even know what to say in this setting. But showing up is one of the biggest things that you can do. Are y'all with me? And sometimes we avoid things like that because, uh, well, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. Showing up is a loud statement. 
You know, and so your kids or grandkids have a, a game or a recital or whatever. Showing up is, is a big, big thing. Now, when you show up, here's a principle for you. Wherever you are, be all there. Okay, wherever you are, be all there. How many of you know it's possible to be there, not be there? Here, not here. How many of you know that can happen? And, and one of the culprits is our phones. You know, and it, yeah, I hear you. And it used to be the, you know, kind of a, the stereotype was, you know, the wife making breakfast and the husband hiding behind the newspaper. And yes, dear, whatever, you know. And, and here, not here. Same room, feet away, not there. And I, I think about this sometimes. I would almost, I, I almost think it's probably more hurtful for a person to be there and not be there. Because you have the constant reminder that they're there, but I'm not worth their attention. You know, than if someone didn't show up at all. So roll call is be there, be present. And when you're there, make your supply, impact others, bring some joy, bring some help, offer to, offer to serve, bring some peace and, and levity uh, to a situation. It's important that we are, we are there, that we are present in, in our roles. How many of you know for your job, your role at your job, if you don't show up, you're, you're not going to get paid. And so it's important that, that we are there. And certainly in relationships, it's important that we are there. Back in the 1840s, there was a itinerant Baptist preacher traveling around, preaching the gospel, uh, never at home. His last name was James. He had two sons, Frank and Jesse. Here, I've got a picture of one of them. Go ahead and put that up. There we go. Jesse James, reward, $500, wanted dead or alive, wanted for the crimes of murder, bank, and train robbery. I think dad should have stayed home a little more. So roll call, be present. Second would be this, rotate, rotate. Now listen to this. This is very important, considering our roles. Everybody say our roles. Okay, you must stay involved in at least four or five of your roles every week. Okay, now, now hear this out. If you get stuck in just one or two of your roles, uh, that's how burnout happens. When you just do one or two of your roles. When I was in my uh, doctoral program, I was having to work so heavy on that at times that, you know, that can kind of just wear you out when you're overly focused on just like one thing. So when you're in just one or two of your roles, you're going to get a flat side on your personality. You're going to get out of balance. You're going to leave other roles undone. You hurt yourself. You hurt others. So every week, come on, everybody say every week. Every week, you need to get in four or five of your roles. And when you're in those other roles, be all there. Uh, Alicia and I try to do this every week. I try to do what is called a day, a day, because Alicia starts with a, okay? And so that I give her a day because for 30 years now of ministry, you know, weekends are weird for us because of schedule and study and so forth. And so I try to do that on Fridays to give her at least half of the day. And so like this uh, past Friday, I said, what do you want to do? And that's a dangerous question. <laughs> I said, what, what do you want to do? And she went, A-Day! I mean, she just, she just cheered up. 
So here's what we did. We went to Wildwood, y'all. And we ate at an awesome little restaurant. I had the best piece of pie. And then we went to an antique small. And then on the way home, I stopped and got her a sweet tea and turned on 70s music and had her windows halfway down and driving. And I'm telling you what, that was wonderful. Wonderful for my wife, wonderful for me, wonderful for us. It was wonderful for that role. Are y'all with me? And then yesterday, uh, my grandson Gavin, so I'm Peepaw, he had his first football game, flag football. He's just eight. And then Cora, my granddaughter, she's five and they have little cheerleaders. So it was the cheerleader debut. So we went and on their first day of this, they had a double header. So we went, you know, and we showed up early and sat in chairs and cheered them on. And, and uh, you know, after, after the game or after the cheerleaders, I went over and got them a cone of ice, a little snow cone kind of thing. Because you know what? I need to be peepaw too. I need to be husband. I need to be peepaw. I got home yesterday and because we had been gone so long with the kids, uh, the dog was in his crate for a while. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's go. So I went and sat out back and studied for a while so he could run around and chase squirrels and do, do stuff like that. And then I spent time studying because I'm a pastor. And so all of these different roles, right now I'm pastor. That's my role right now. And my responsibility is teaching. This afternoon, I will take a nap. <laughs> and then I will be a football fan. Come on. But listen, if you just, I do work and I do golf. And you might end up doing it by yourself too. You know, and it is important. It is important that you rotate, rotate. It perks you back up. It freshens you back up to get in those roles as well. Let's move on to the next one. This is very important here. Ready. Come on, everybody say ready. Ready. There's so many roles, too many roles that are left undone, left uncovered, left unfulfilled all around us. And here's one of God's roles. Look in Psalm 68, verse 5. As a father, a father of the fatherless, this is God. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. That's one of God's, one of God's roles. And how does God do that? How is God a father to the fatherless and a, de- a defender of widows? How, how does it, how, who does he use? Look left and right real quick. I'll show you that we have them here today who he uses. It's, it's us. It's us. Some of y'all didn't look left and right. Come on, look left and right. He uses us. Look, look with me in James chapter one, verse 27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is part of the theme and part of the context of Christianity. Look again, one more verse, Isaiah 1, verse 17. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. So we see something happening here, and it's this. What do you mean orphans, widows? What are you talking about? Listen, this is what this actually means and represents. It's those who have lost, they've lost resources and relationships. They've lost resources and relationships. And, and they can't help themselves and they probably could never repay you. 
But, but here's the thing. They have to be covered in some way. It's because someone cannot fill their role or someone is not filling their role. And in our culture today, we've got a new context of that. You know, and, and we have single moms. And we've got foster kids. And we have people that, we've got children that are put in places because nobody wants them. And I think it's wrong. And I have a pastor friend out in Colorado and his goal for his church is to absolutely drain the foster system in Colorado. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? I mean, how about the church stepping up and filling a role that somebody couldn't fill or is not filling that we step up in some way and not everybody can be a foster parent. You know, listen, we've got grandmas in this church raising grandbabies. We've got people that don't have friends and, and, and don't have people in their life. And you know what? You can be a big brother. You can be a big sister. You can be a good neighbor and you don't even live next to them. We have to be ready that God would tap on us and say, I need you to help somebody. I need you to cover somebody. I, I need you to make something happen for somebody. That's how God does this. Because I'm telling you all over the place and it's worse and worse and worse in our culture. And we must do better. We have people that are not covered. They're not resourced. They don't have relationships. They've lost that of no fault of their own. And, and I think that we need to be very ready. And as a church, I am seeking God. I tell you what, I'm just seeking God. God, how do we do this? A couple weeks ago, I was on my way to the gym early in the morning and uh, I was at a red light and a mom walked by. This is, this is about 6.30 in the morning. And a mom walked by and she's got a little one on her back with a little backpack and a little boy ahead of her with a little backpack. And he's, he's just flying along like a little guy. And this was on Pine. And they'd just come out of one of the little motels on Pine. And my heart broke. I sat at that red light and I cried because I thought, here's I don't know the situation. I don't know the story, but I knew that God drew my attention to this, to this little family. I said, there has to be better. There has to be better for these little kids. And so I'm, I'm just warning you, church. I am seeking God as to what Meadowbrook Church is to do to help to cover people within our community. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, be ready, okay? You know, people say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, he does. But here's directly out of the scripture, though. Proverbs 11. God helps those who help others. And let me finish up with this, too. And I I don't ever want this place to be a house of condemnation. You know, if you say, man, I, I haven't done everything right. I could have done better. Look at me. Join the club. Okay? We all could have done better. But this is the thing I want to draw your attention to, and it's our last... Our last R this morning would be this, reset, reset. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God is that we can get a fresh start. That we can get a fresh start. So whatever your roles are, and I pray that you'll take some time today and think about your roles. Whatever your roles are, think about those. Those roles fill those roles. Endeavor to do it in the best way to honor God and to impact others. And I promise you, God will help you. He will help you to fulfill those roles. 
And some of you, and I'll take just a moment to say this too. Some of you maybe need to go back. I've had talks with all my, all my kids are adults now. My youngest is 19. And I've had talks with all of them and I, where I've reframed everything and said, listen, I want to say to you, I'm sorry if I didn't get this right. I realize I could have done better. To start a church and lead a church, I didn't know what it would take. And, and I know that I got some things out of balance over the years. And I'm, I'm sorry. And you know what that does? Humility releases grace. And every one of my kids have embraced me and said, Dad, you did the best you could. And I'm so proud of you. And, and we're well, we're well. And that reframes it for them because humility releases grace. So if you've blown it, you didn't do it quite right, guess what? We, we get to reset. We get to restart. We get to reframe it. That's the beauty of all of this. Amen? And we can do better. And my heart just burns. I want to do better. I want to be better. How about you? Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.